Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, when you use code DNVR at sign up, you're going to get some amazing offers like how a simple $5 bet could actually win you $150 in free bets all throughout the NBA postseason. That's with code DNVR on DraftKings Sportsbook. I am your host today, Patrick Lyons for the DNVR Rockies podcast and joining me as he does each and every week. He's the voice of the Colorado Rockies on AT&T Sportsnet, the host of the Drew Goodman podcast. It's our good friend, Drew Goodman. How's it going today, buddy? Patrick, it's going well. And, um, you know, a quick story, because you'll appreciate this. You're a, you're a massive runner. And so we got to Detroit uh, pretty late last night. And we haven't been here since 2014. And so I slept in a little bit. And then I went out for a run. And as... Um, as the former Nugget trainer Jim Gillen used to say, who was an avid runner, when I'd ask him where he's going, he goes, I'm going, uh, he goes, I go out and back. And so that's what I do. I go out and I come back. Well, sometimes you're not as good at retracing your steps. So I got a little lost. And um, not, I mean, not terribly lost. I mean, I knew I was in the general vicinity. So I had to, I passed two mounted uh, of Detroit's finest. And I asked them and they kind of gave me directions going back and I still kind of messed it up. So um, anyhow, uh, big doings around here, Patrick, because as you and I chat about one hour from right now, the Tigers play the Yankees. Today's an off day, obviously, for the Rockies. And, and they played, they finished their series against the Yankees. And Miguel Cabrera, as you well know, had three hits last night. The Yankees won. So he's one hit shy, and he's batting cleanup today. One hit shy of three thousand hits. So I may I may scamper over there and potentially witness history. On your off day, you're going to be clocking in for uh, another day of work, so to speak. That's the way it goes, man. We love the sport. We're lucky to be able to do what we do. We talked about it on our Wednesday post game show. That oh, you know what. He only needs four more hits, but they've got two more games in between. So we'll have to wait and see if there's another call that that goes on your resume and Jack Corrigan's resume uh, to go along with Ichiro's 3,000th hit as well. Yeah, I was thinking about it. I, 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 I know. Obviously, I was I was fortunate enough to call the game when Ichiro produced his 3,000s at Coors Field. I also did the game in Houston when Biggio went five for five against the Rockies and produced his 3,000th hit. That's right. That also was, we, yeah. So I went through the list and of the 14 guys who have earned their 3,000th hit since 1993, since the birth of the Rockies, four of them were from the National League. And yeah, Craig Biggio is one of them. And that's right. I forgot that that was against the Rockies as well. Yeah. Yeah. That, and, um, and here's an aside, the, when Biggio got his 3,000th hit, it was a it was a line drive into right center field, but not like a true gapper, but what you'd call kind of a long, I don't know, a longest single. But if you have great speed, maybe you try to, if the game, uh, if the scoreboard dictates, you could try to stretch it. Well, Biggio being Biggio, even though it's his 3,000th, instead of just rounding first and saying being content with the base hit, He's like, I'm playing the game like I always have. And he goes for two and he gets thrown out. So his 3,000th hit was a single trying to stretch it into double. He was out. That was the third out of the inning. The Houston television broadcast at the time, three outs, they went to break. We stayed, wow. we stayed put because we uh, immediately realized that even though it's the third out, there's going to be some pomp and circumstance they had to break out of a commercial break interrupt a commercial break and get back uh to to show their guy you were the visiting team and and the game was halted for as i recall patrick a good 10 minutes because jeff bagwell had had retired he was his longtime teammate they were close friends he was up in the in the uh you know in a suite somewhere they brought him down on the field and they literally stopped the game for a significant period of time. 
I I vaguely remember being, getting thrown out at second base. I remember that that part, but I, I had no idea that the Houston TV crew like completely cut away to that. But I remember, I think that was 2007. And so like, I think Bagwell's last season might've been that 05 World Series run, maybe 06, but you're right. He was done, came down on the field. And then that's how it, it should be. And it's nice that they got to do that at home. Ichiro, you know, whether it was Miami or otherwise, he's he's a Seattle Mariner guy, so... Uh, I, I thought Rockies fans did a good job toasting him, but I uh, did not remember all those details about uh, Biggio's 3,000th hit. Wow. Yeah, and the thing, uh, the only thing I remember about Ichiro, correct me if I'm wrong, is it, it was a triple off the scoreboard or right around that area, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah. It was only the, I think the, only the second triple. I think Paul Molitor uh, had hit a triple for uh, his 3,000. Yeah. Really Boggs too. No, not, I don't think it was Boggs. But uh-huh. yes, that might have only been the second time. And he almost got it that night before, right? Like he came in late to pinch hit, got a single, and then ended up getting, I think, a second at bat in that game. Uh, it was like a line drive back to the pitcher who made a nice play. It might have been Chris Russin or someone, um, but but ended up getting on that getaway day on, on Sunday. I was I was there. I had to get a ticket, went by myself because yeah. you got to see history. You, you just have to. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of other landmark. Oh well, for me, the the other one that I was, you know, I guess privileged to be behind the mic. There, there, you know, there road, there, you know, visiting type of situations, and and this one you knew was a possibility also. And like, okay, how are you gonna, how are you gonna call it? Because it's not your guy, and it was it had to do with a home run. So then it's a real negative for the team you're calling. But it was in San Francisco, and Barry Bonds is 715th, and that came that came against Byung Young Kim. He came to dead center field, and I remember Patrick again from a broadcaster standpoint. You're not doing the game nationally, right? So, you, so you have a significant bias, and you know how excited do you get? You know where where do you bring yourself to? Because it's not just normally it's uh, you know it's not good. It's a home run against the home team, the Rockies, right? Or, or your team, if you will. But this one was different on so many levels in that it's a monumental achievement. I think the the biggest sports record, the most notable sports record, the most recognized sports record throughout my lifetime um, until Henry Aaron eclipsed it was 714. The, everyone knew that even, even if you weren't a sports fan or a baseball fan, you knew what 714 is. Somebody said 714 in 1952, walking down, uh, you know, Michigan Avenue in Detroit. Somebody would say that's how many home runs Babe Ruth had. And I don't even like baseball. Right. So when Barry Bonds, you know, would pass, um, you know, Babe Ruth, actually what? Yeah. Babe Ruth. Was that, am I getting this right? Or was it Henry Aaron? trying to remember now now i'm confusing myself but anyhow the point being barry bonds also a super controversial guy so it was a it was kind it was a complicated type of uh deal for a broadcaster i think yeah it's it's like you said it, it's hard to balance that because there's that historical precedence that you do want to make the audience aware of and, and you're right it was that that 715 home run where it, it wasn't a record i mean he, he just goes into second place he, he right passes Babe Ruth, but like you said, there's obviously that significance. And I mean, I think now the only other number that you can think of in baseball that has that significance and is the record, because now, I mean, how many home runs does Barry Bonds have? I, I don't know that very well. Yeah, I, 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 762, right? Okay, yeah. right. And so, okay, we still think of, you know, 755 and, and what have you, but the re- the number that is the record and again, people, how many people know this, uh, or, or, or it's just a household number, is 56 for Joe DiMaggio for his 56-game hit streak. That's just kind of, it seems like that's a record that no one will ever approach. But someday there, there will be someone that gets you know, 40, 45, and then that'll be a major story, and that will begin to you know, take shape and, and be a part of the culture, and people will talk about that. But you're right, that those numbers don't exist anymore because of of Hank Aaron and, and now because of Barry Bonds. I, I would venture to say right now, the way the game is played and things change, we know that. But Patrick, as you and I do the do you know, the DNVR podcast and cover the Rockies and cover baseball, in the foreseeable future, if anyone has a 30-game hitting streak, we will be talking about it 
and we will be referencing it each day. Hey, so-and-so, he's got another hit. It's now 32 games in a row. It is so damn difficult, that particular one, and it's not what I'm about to say is not to, to slight the late Yankee Clipper Joe DiMaggio, but he faced the same guy typically four times. He only faced a relative handful of pitchers because there weren't as many teams around then. Now you're not getting more than two at bats against a guy. And then some guy comes in throwing 98, another guy comes in throwing a hundred. Then, you know, if you have a fifth at bat, it's, a, it's, you know, you see three or four different arms every night. Yeah. And there was no integration. This is 1941. So and there was no integration. They weren't seeing anybody of color from, so great record, not diminishing it. Um, that's why a lot of people think it's virtually impossible. Certainly the way the game's being played right now. Yeah, we'll have to get into a conversation about this later, but it seems like with the pitch clock, the success of that in the minor leagues, the game maybe being sped up a little bit, MLB being able to control the baseballs, maybe making it a little bit harder to hit home runs. Well, we'll get to the, the Rockies home run total. doesn't seem like it's a lot right now. It's only 12, but it's pretty darn good. It's tied for ninth in all of baseball. So it'll be interesting to see how, how Major League Baseball as a whole in the next decade tries to get the game to be quicker and have a little bit more contact. And maybe something like that we do see a little bit more common where guys are putting the ball in play more, which could lead to a longer and more extended hitting streaks. But, you know, the game of baseball is is alive and, and well and very much so here in, in Denver. The Rockies are are eight and four and, and things seem to be pretty good as they go out on a seven game road trip. Yeah, they're in a good place. And, and I think that's a really neat stat that you threw out there, Patrick, the fact that um, they're ninth in baseball in the early going with a dozen home runs and couple that with, yeah, they have the home run leader in baseball, but couple that with the fact that Chris Bryant, who swung the bat, I mean, he's gotten, you know, he's getting the ball and playing, he's getting hits, uh, but he hasn't hit a homer yet. You know, he's going to hit homers. Uh, Randall Gritchick has swung the bat well and, and in a clutch manner, um, but hasn't hit a homer yet. Brendan Rodgers, as we know, has really struggled out of the gate. There are three prominent guys that haven't hit a home run yet that you figure are going to hit. You hope between the three of them, I don't know, 70 or so, right? Is that That's not unfair. No, I, I think at max, you, you can say 100, and then on, on average, 70. And so it's going to be somewhere in that number. I would probably put it at about 80. So, yeah, between those three guys, and like you said, no home runs uh, for for any of them. Crone's got half the team's totals, uh, and I think only five other guys have hit a home run so far. But that's that's kind of in the story all throughout baseball, as the home runs have been a little bit harder to come by right now. And so, you know, but, so but, be it. Real quick, Patrick, but and and you're great about you know looking, comparing, and contrasting and research. Is it altogether dramatically different than what April? normally brings that that's a good question uh i don't you know, know cold weather right right yeah cold there's been a couple cancellations and whatnot yeah mm -hmm. not not sure exactly what i do know that you know the orioles have only hit four home runs and the tigers have only hit six so the, uh, the orioles the orioles need four. to get relegated they do yeah and well they've they've only made it harder on themselves after moving that that fence back in left field so i mean there's there's probably countless number of home runs that have just died out there on the track in that that new section out in in left center field or left field left center field there might be some new sections coming to the dnvr bar uh, i caught some wind about that we'll, we'll see what happens here in the next couple months but check it out now uh, before maybe we do any renovations on the corner of colfax new york where your membership gets you a member-sized beer and so for only 50 cents for your first month you can get all the great articles from broncos nuggets abs rockies as well as rapids rugby golf you name it but you also get some fantastic price breaks on all of our gear at dnvrlocker.com price breaks on our tailgates the party bus all kinds of takeovers that we've got going on extra raffle tickets at those watch parties so if you're not already a member again don't fret only 50 cents for your first month at the dnvr.com and i imagine goody when you're on the road and you're traveling you got to keep the nutrition up to a certain par and i know athletic greens is something that helps a lot of guys in the in the rockies clubhouse uh, i've seen it kind of firsthand 
for myself with that one scoop of athletic greens in the morning it allows your body to absorb 75 high quality vitamins whole force whole force no take two whole food source superfoods probiotics minerals and adaptogens that helps you start your day right for me it gives me a lot of mental clarity and alertness it's a micro habit that has huge benefits for me. And right now, to make it easy for you, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash ROC. It's the first three letters of Rockies. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash ROC to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And if you need some insurance on watching your nuggets and abs from the comfort of your own home, just go to avaca.tv slash DNVR. With Avaca TV, there are zero hidden fees or contracts. It's just $25 per month plus receiver. Your price gets locked in for two years. You get nuggets and you get Avalanche on your very own television. You also get Rapids, Mammoth, CSU Rams, Denver Pioneers. And now you can watch our good buddy, Drew Goodman, and the Colorado Rockies, all on Avaca TV. Go to avaca.tv slash DNVR and use code DNVR on top of all of that for $10 off your first three months. So now we're talking $15 per month to start for your first three months. All right, Goody, your guest this week I want to talk about, because if we're talking about some of the best players of the Rockies here in the 8-4 and four start, have to talk about your guest on Thursday's Drew Goodman podcast According to Ryan Spielborgs, he's the greatest Rocky ever. He's Connor Joe. <laughs> Do you see? I don't know if you had a chance because it just uh, launched this morning. Did you have a chance to listen yet? Of course. Of you, course. You, I listen to, and that's what, what I listen to on my run. You want to know what, Patrick? You are better than I am because I haven't listened to it yet. <laughs> but having done it, I kind of know what I said and what Connor said, right? So I started it out or somewhere in the very beginning. I said, you're the greatest Rocky of all time or the greatest Rocky ever. That's what Philly says every every time you launch one off the left center field wall. How I, I have to say this. Um, I, I've talked to and visited, as you have, Patrick, with a lot of guys. You come away and go, good dude, man. Good guy. Like Chris Bryant, newest Rocky. Good dude. Good Just dude. a good guy, right? Cargo, who, who was on recently and was on with us on television last week uh, in, in the booth, one, one of my all-time favorite people. He's just great guy, great human. Connor Joe, unbelievable guy. I mean, I, I think I said it at the end. You just you don't come away from a conversation with Connor Joe and not feel better about wherever, whatever mood you were in, you feel better, right? It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, in, in the interview, you just... We love him, I think, because he is so genuine, right? He is mm -hmm. so unique unto himself, very much like Cargo in that way. And this interview just gives you more of that. And like it, you know, not too much of a spoiler, but he inter he interviews you to start. So I mean, like that's that's how different it is. That's yeah. that's what kind of a guy he is. He he's fantastic. And this interview uh, turned away a couple new nuggets of information that you know that I wasn't aware of his connection with Bryce Harper and all that. So. Again, it's another one that that you can't miss on the Drew Goodman podcast with Connor Joe. He, he's he's wonderful. He he's great, and Patrick, he keep your fingers crossed because I mean, there's there's legitimacy to this, and I pointed this out on the broadcast a couple of times. This is not um, this is not a guy that that you know stumbled into being a, a pretty good player. He was a he was a supplemental first round pick. I mean, so he he's had a different journey and some of it greatly affected naturally by what he went through with the, with his cancer diagnosis and the testicular cancer that he, that he beat. Uh, but this is a guy that had a lot of talent and it was recognized when he was drafted by the pirates originally in the first round, if he becomes, and, and it's unfolding in front of our eyes, you know, the Rockies version of what Justin Turner's been or, you know, Max Muncy, where they were kind of journeyman guys that fell into the Dodger laps and have become integral parts of their greatness. And and I and I say that for the Dodgers because they have been great. I know they've only won one uh, title, but every year you would rate them as the best roster in baseball and two of the most prominent guys that make you believe they have a great roster are Justin Turner, who was looking for a job after the Mets released him, 
and Max Muncy, who was, you know, some deal no one, none of us would even pay attention to when the trade took place between the Dodgers and the Oakland A's. Connor Joe, minor league free agent. I mean, he's among the league leaders in, and again, I know it's early, but he did this last year also before getting hurt. He can hit, man. He's a really good hitter, and it's a great at bat, and he gets on base. And and if Connor Joe can can be, as I said, you know, the Rockies, Justin Turner, Max Muncy, however you want to describe him, what what a coup that is, huh? Yeah, that that becomes an absolute bargain. I I, I keep good tabs on the minor league signings, and you know, this last off season even more so since during the lockout. You say, well, you can only speculate about minor league signing guys and. Ty Block was that guy that I was hoping the Rockies would get. That's come out wonderful. But last year when when the, the Rockies signed Connor Joe to a minor league deal, it was, all right, yeah, he's he's a guy. Maybe he used to be a guy, you know, supplemental first-round pick. Okay, that, that excitement wasn't necessarily there. But Jeff Breidich, you know, to his credit and, and, and the Rockies front office, you know, they saw something there and they identified it and they've they've hit on it and, in a big way. And, and it's it's wonderful to see him. You know, just healthy in general as a human being after the cancer diagnosis, but being able to stay healthy and on the field. Finally, just got his first off day on Wednesday. Like that's how much they've been leaning on him, uh, especially at the top of the lineup too. Batting leadoff now. That's that's his role. He he got into it right away. It seemed like it was only going to be against left-handed starters, but now it's it's every day, and it's been a, a wonderful story. Jim Rome did something on it just the other day, and I think because he's as he's heating up and and continues to do it. I mean, we're we're a couple of weeks away from from something in Sports Illustrated, which I know isn't the be all end all that it, that it used to be, but people are starting to take notice nationally about Connor Joe, as they should. Yeah, as they should. It, it's not just a feel good story; it is a baseball story of you know great productivity thus far, and and there's believability to it. We've all seen you know a guy show up and turn heads for two weeks, three weeks, a month. And 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 fizzle, you know, almost as fast as they rose. That that's not going to happen here. He he's got too good an approach, and th- there's enough that we've seen going back to last year that strongly suggest that this has staying power. One of the interesting things that Buddy mentioned, because there was a question floated one of the days this week during the Philly series about Connor Joe's hair. And, you know, hey, how long are you going to get it? But uh, but apparently in this this little back and forth that Buddy and Connor Joe had, you know, it, it, it had a strong connection to, you know, his cancer diagnosis and losing his hair and, and him having Connor Joe, that, that long hair, you know, it, it reminds him kind of of where he's been and, and what he's been through. So, I, again, that just just adds to his story and uh, and everything that that he's been about. So uh, we, we definitely root him on and, and wish him continued success. He he's a guy you get behind for innumerable reasons, and I and I as you know I discussed this with him. Television's a is a wonderful medium, right? And it's an interesting and fascinating medium. And we we've realized over time there's certain folks that they they their personality, their goodness, um, you know, jumps through the screen. Uh, into your homes, and I, I, I don't want to get, you know, <laughs> metaphysical here, or whatever the term would be, but he, he really, um, he, people can tell, they can tell right away that he's a genuine, you know, great guy and, and, and has, you know, a likability, you know, factor off the charts, you know, there's, there's that person that you go, boy, I'd love to be friends with that guy, and, and, that, and that's what he has, and, and good for him, uh, his teammates, as you know, Patrick, because you're down there every day, they adore him. And um, and he's he's got to be now on, on the baseball side. He's got to be a big part of their success. He has been through the first dozen games. There's a steadiness to him. Um, I said this last year on the air that if the game's on the line, this was last year, the game's on the line and you can handpick one guy to take the critical at bat, you – there were a good part of the year you go, I'd want, I want Connor Joe to take the at bat because we know you're not going to get a hit every time or even half the time or anywhere close to that. Right. But you know, it's going to be a good at bat. It's not going to be like, Oh man, he fired at a pitch six inches off the plate, broke his bat and rolled it back to the pitcher. 
he's he's going to grind and and it's going to be a quality AB no matter what the ultimate result is. Obviously, CJ Crone is you know hitting the cover off the ball, but other than him, I, I think Connor Joe would absolutely be that guy. He he's been Helton esque almost. You know, again, not not entirely seeing the the, the power numbers just yet although he did miss one i don't know if it was it might have been saturday he hit a double that was off the base of the wall that there's a, a fun twitter account called would it dong meaning like how many uh how many ballparks would this baseball have gone out in and it would have gone out in 29 of 30 ballparks uh that, that this double that connor joe hit i i got i got one for you um and i know th- this pertains actually there were there were a couple guys but one i remember uh trevor story hit 28 homers last year 27 well i, I know connor joe hit 20 or excuse me uh Crone hit 28 story so, maybe was 24 whatever he hit 20 maybe it was 24 for trevor story he actually based on ballpark measurements this is another you know misnomer about coors field it, it's a hard it, it's not easy to hit home runs there it's so big that he would have had 41 home runs if you took all of the the balls that became say doubles or long outs at Coors Field, especially you know right center to uh, to left center, and there's a couple of other guys, you know, I'm sure C.J. Crone lost some homers. Uh, we were referencing that recently, uh, so yes, I, I remember also uh, making mention of the fact that that ball he hit, it's the deepest portion of the ballpark. It's not listed. It's not. Um, you know, it's not printed on the wall there, but it's 424 feet. He hit that ball 422 feet off the middle of the wall, and it was a home run, as you said, in 29 out of the 30 ballparks. On Baseball Savant, which is, is, is a fun place to go and maybe be overwhelmed by statistics, it will show expected home runs by ballpark. And last year, Trevor Story, if, if he hit uh, in all 162 games in Cincinnati, he would have had – 48 home runs in Cincinnati and Yankee stadium, 48 home runs mm-hmm. uh, and at Coors 19. So again, it, it's one of those weird things, but to, to go back to Connor, Joe, his at bats are just fantastic. And he, he did it on, on Tuesday where they reached base first two times. I think he singled drew a walk and then his final two at bats full count, you know, saw seven or eight pitches just can continue to foul the ball off and just has uh, productive at bat after productive at bat and, uh, it, it's impressive. It's impressive. Yeah. Hey, I want to go back to you know your observation about CJ Cron. CJ's off to an unbelievable start. Six yeah. home runs, I think 15 ribbies. He, he leads baseball in total bases in addition to the home runs. You need to have a guy who has that ability that can quote unquote carry you for a period of time. So I don't look at that and say, oh yeah, well, it's CJ Cron, if you take him out, you don't take him out of the lineup. He's part of what you're you've built. And because he is at a comfort level and has the talent, which has been on display in other cities in the past, but now he's super comfortable. He has a home. He's a Rocky. You know, now he's a bona fide, feared, you know, middle of the order type of guy. Um, good, good for the Rockies because you're never going to have eight or now nine with the DH hitters all rolling at the same time. It just doesn't work that way. You may have a day where it seems like everybody hit. Certainly. But so when CJ cools off, maybe that's a period of time where where Chris Bryant hits five homers in a week or that that kind of thing. So uh, that's why there also is a greater believability to this offense being better than it's been. And it needed to be much better than it's been the last couple of years because there there is greater length. There's um, guys that have the ability to, you know, for for several days take a team and and really be so productive that you know by themselves they're they're giving their their club a, a great chance at having a, a victory that night i think that's what i'm most encouraged by with the eight and four start is that outside of the first week plus of the bullpen being you know otherworldly there hasn't been one area where you look at and say man this part of the team is really carrying the heavy load. Yes, you know, Crone is doing it offensively, but other than that, it's not like they're getting, you know, the best out of everybody yet. And that being considered, they're eight and four. So that's good. I think I think their better days are still ahead. I think obviously the rotation hasn't, you know, hit its stride. It's been okay, but not great. Like we know it can be. The relief core over the last week 
you know, wasn't wasn't terribly good, good but we, can, we see that they can be very good. And there are some players maybe that are, you know, haven't had that power stroke just yet. And so all that being considered, being eight and four and not, you know, being at your best, I think that's that's more promising than anything. I, I would agree with that. Um, the the rotation had a great start in game two against the Dodgers from Herman. Yesterday was, you know, just okay. His second start was just okay. Uh, you know, Fr- Freeland was better in his last outing, but it wasn't, you know, dominant. Chad Cool had a dominant start. So there's been two starts where you go, those were excellent. Herman in game two, Chad Cool's first start at Coors Field, and he was solid down in Texas. Um, but those are the only two standout starting performances in a dozen games. And that is on paper and it needs to be your strength. And on paper, as I, as I was kind of alluding to, is your strength. So yeah, eight and four, and the rotation has not been special yet. Eight and four, and three of your main guys who you expect to hit a bunch of homers have not homered yet. Um, so I, I, I'm with you, man. There, there's a lot of reasons to say, yeah, it's eight and four, and it's not like they've been lights out. What is lights out is Good Company Hard Seltzer, the official seltzer of DNVR. It's by Breckenridge Brewery, and they've got so many great, delicious flavors for you to check out. Check out mountain berry, black cherry, honeydew, you name it. You pick it up at Supers, Safeway, Costco, pretty much just about anywhere. Get yourself in good company with Good Company Hard Seltzer from Breckenridge Brewery. And pick up some Avalanche Ales while you're there at the same time. Also, got to remind you that if you're having trouble sleeping, Wana Optimal's Fast Asleep Gummies is going to do a wonderful job no matter where you're at. It's fantastic because it's not going to knock you out and leave you in a a cloudy fog in your head like some of those over-the-counter drugs. No, instead it contains 10 milligrams of CBD and just a hint of THC that's going to get your eyelids feeling heavy in just 5 to 15 minutes. My folks use it. My parents use it every night. Wanna Optimal's Fast Asleep Gummies. It it works. It's, It's a proven method. You can order yours at lightshade.com and you're going to get 25% off with code DNVR. Use code DNVR at any of Lightshade's 11 Denver Metro area locations. You may have to get Dougie to look this up, but I believe the Rockies are the only team in MLB to not have a losing streak. All three of their losses have been one-offs. We know Dodgers' best record. They lost games two and three, right? Uh, to, to the Rockies, so they've had a losing streak. Have the Mets have the Mets lost two in a row? The Mets lost last Sunday and Monday, so the end and the start of a, of a new series. And the Giants lost uh, both ends of the doubleheader on Tuesday. So, of of those top teams, the Rockies could actually be the only one right now that you know don't have a losing streak, and they're the only team in baseball that has yet to give up a stolen base. Those are two areas of success for the Rockies. I got one for you till yesterday. The Rockies had allowed a franchise low six home runs in their first 11 games. Now, they gave up four, unfortunately, uh, yesterday, but they're keeping the ball in the ballpark. They're keeping the ball in the ballpark, which in this day and age of home runs uh, is huge. Uh, You know, it just goes back to when, you know, when you dig into the numbers, which you do a, a superb job of, there's a lot of supportive data suggesting that you know the, this eight and four start is wonderful um, but you know there, there's a lot of good out there there's a lot of underlying things that suggest yes this is a better baseball team 12 games I know you got to play 162 we're going to be sitting here Patrick and you do it on a daily basis but I'll, I'll join you and We'll say, boy, it's been a rough week, man. The Rockies, you know, went one and five last week and, you know, they haven't hit or the, you know, the bullpen's really gotten beaten up or whatever it is. It's baseball. You're going to go through those periods, but they have to, you know, shorten those droughts uh, in comparison to what we've seen the last couple of years. Yeah, they went four and three at home uh, against the Cubs and Phillies had the chance to to sweep that would have been good to go five and two. And so you say, you know, it was kind of touch and go at moments all throughout the series, relatively close games, 
uh, for all seven. They only go four and three. But again, if if on a down week you're four and three, hey, you're, you're doing something right. Besides CJ Crone at being that guy or being one of those things that is working well, uh, we mentioned the defense with no stolen bases, uh, one caught stealing, even a pickoff two by Elias Diaz. As you mentioned, preventing fly ball and inducing a lot of ground balls, right? We know that's been part of their success, the ground ball proclivity. So many double plays, ninth best ground ball to fly ball ratio at Coors Field. You have to be able to do that. And so again, without the Rockies having their best stuff just yet, they are inducing ground balls and that's been been aiding them in, in a very big way so far through the first 12 games. They're, they're first in double plays by a, by a wide margin. And that is with, you know, a new guy playing shortstop for the most part. I mean, Trejo was in there yesterday, but, you know, Jose Iglesias and, you know, Jose's a good fielder, veteran fielder. He's, he's, he's played a lot of shortstop in his career. It's a homecoming for him of sorts going back to Detroit here over the next uh, few days. Brendan Rogers made a couple of really good plays that I, I pointed this out. It's good to see Brendan flashing the leather the way he has. He's a really good athlete. We know he was a shortstop uh, coming up, but he hasn't taken uh, the rough start offensively out to the field. And, uh, you know, the glove's been great. And Ryan McMahon, we, we know how good he has been, uh, you know, at third from a year ago. Uh, I, I think C.J. Crone is better at first base. Second half of last year, I thought the first – Maybe it was coming off that knee injury from the previous year. The first month and a half, a couple of months last year, I thought he was a below average fielder at first base. But I think, uh, you know, in the, in the scouting vernacular, he's, he's solid average now at, at first. So, yeah, the, their infield defense, which needs to be good, they need to get the ball on the ground. They have a bunch of guys, especially in their rotation, who typically are going to induce a number of ground balls. Um, so that, that, that's been part of this early season story as well. I, before I ask this question, I do want to say I still feel Brendan Rodgers will set the home run record for a second baseman. He's still going to hit 24. That being said, what do you do about the slump that he's in right now? Because his head's hanging low. He's not taking that on the field. You're right. Like, that's that's huge. Like, that shows a, uh, a lot of maturity, obviously. But just just slumping he, he you could see it in his shoulders and his body language what do, what do you do to, to to correct something like that is it just a couple of days off well i here here's my belief on that you know buddy gave him a day off several days ago today is a day off a scheduled day off for the for the club you i'm a big believer even in the levels that i played when when you went through a rough period it's agonizing and you go through periods where you know you think like you know, I'm going to swing at the first pitch regardless of where it is, and, you, and you're not even thinking your way through an at bat. Um, you, you know, you're you're behind the fastball, you're you're out front on off speed stuff. But the only way, the bottom line is, the only way you emerge from a slump, you can get a mental health day here and there, but you got to go out on the field and you know have an at bat and then a result where you know I saw that pitch well, I saw that pitch, that was a quality swing. Boom, I hit a line drive to right center field for a double. And, oh, I can actually do this again. And that's the only way you emerge because you can't extract yourself from a slump sitting next to the manager on the bench. Now, if you are somebody that's trying to establish themselves as a big leaguer, and, and Brendan's still really young, but he established himself last year. He knows he belongs. He knows he can be a good big leaguer. And had this taken place in July, we'd be talking, yeah, Brent, you know, a rough couple of weeks for Brendan Rodgers, but you wouldn't think a whole lot about it because it's in the middle of the season. It's become more pronounced or more uh, worthy of conversation because it's right out of the gate. But the only way, bottom line, to extract yourself from that, he's a starting player. He's their second baseman. Just keep putting his name in the lineup card. Uh, you know, Buddy's adjusted. He was hitting third initially, so you're not going to put him in the three-hole right now. Put him in there in the sixth spot, somewhere right around there, and he will find a way out of it. Yeah, and, and keeping his glove in the lineup, too, and letting him know, like, hey, you, you still have value, even if it might not be in the plate. Maybe get, get a, a little bit of luck going your way, and, and that's what starts it. Because he's in the 76th percentile for exit velocity, so he's making hard contact. Uh, when I talk to him, 
it was either before Wednesday's game or Tuesday's game. He said, he's just got to, you know, get underneath the ball a little bit. He's just, he's just hitting him on the ground. And he had a couple of balls yesterday, just line drives, just ended up being right at the, the first baseman. I think he hit one to, to second base as well. So, you know, he's hitting the ball hard. It's just not breaking his, his way, unfortunately. Yeah. A there's a little bit of that, but also, yeah. I mean, you have the numbers in front of you. I, I don't right now, but his swing and miss percentages, I, I just with the naked eye is up from, from a year ago. Um, the hard hit percentage is solid. It, it, it's going to happen for him. He is a really gifted hitter. And I know in his career, cause he's a baseball player, whether it was at some point at St. Mary's High School or, you know, in Orlando, Florida, or certainly in the minor leagues, he went through a period where he didn't have success. That's part of the game, and he's going through it right now at the highest level. Uh, he will emerge. What does your data tell you? Well, he's got a 148 BABIP, so he's been very unlucky when he's putting balls in play. Right, and, and I think right now, usually it runs around 300 batted balls in play. The the league average, it's around 292, I believe, right now, a little bit lower here in the opening weeks uh, of the season. Uh, so he, ha he has have had some unluck. Do you see where the swing percentage is, the swing and miss right now? Which um which is kind of part and parcel when you're swinging and missing, you know, when you're in a slump, you do swing and miss more typically. Sure. Yeah. D doesn't have a lot of soft percentage contact. Yeah. Eight and a half percent. So it's all medium, uh, you know, to high level. So it's, it's been, it's been, it's been good. It's just, again, the results aren't there. And the fact that uh, as we keep going back to buddy keeps putting him in the lineup. So obviously there's something there that, you know, he likes and it's just a matter of time. You know, it's a matter of time. I, you know, you know, Patrick, of, of all as a, as somebody that you and I we follow the Rockies closely, and and if you're going to worry about something having to do with the Rockies right now, you, even after their their nice start of eight and four, Brendan Rodgers hitting is not a long term concern of mine. Really, it's not. It's yeah. not. I, I I worry about the health of the rotation more. I mean, they're healthy right now. <laughs> knock on wood. Um, and and depth there and you know being able to hold on to leads late I think they they're done they've done a great job so far I mean Tyler Kinley under the radars had a wonderful start kind of picking up where he left off last year of things that I worry about Brendan Rodgers hitting is not one of them right now he's in the ninth percentile in whiff percentage on on baseball savant so he's swinging and missing but I know your your coverage isn't going to miss on AT&T Sportsnet for the next week. Three in Detroit, four in Philly. Detroit, we'll see who they're throwing out there. They're, they're not going to see Eduardo Rodriguez in, in Philadelphia. It'll be uh, two of the same guys they've seen already, plus Ranger Suarez and Zach Wheeler. So they're going to miss Nola in Philly, but they're going to pick up Suarez and Zach Wheeler. And I don't know if you noticed this, but JT Riamuto started all three games, which, eh, okay, you go, it's only three games. But that means he you know he played in the day game after the night game on Tuesday and Wednesday, and he's played f in five consecutive games. So Rio Muto is, is a little old school as far as catchers go. I made mention of that Wednesday, yesterday during the game, and it was, you know, Rio Muto's a guy, he's a great player. You want him in, in your lineup. And Yadier Molina's a guy that always caught a great number of games. And I also thought, I don't want to call it desperation. Way, way, way too early to say, oh, my gosh, Joe Girardi felt desperate. He had to get a win. And so it was like a playoff game and, and day game after a night game. Um, I'm rolling with my starting catcher. But there probably was a little bit of they had lost, what was it, seven of eight before winning yesterday. And you're like, we need a W, man. And I, and I got to roll out, you know, my A guys. He lost D.D. Gregorius with – you know, the hand injury the day before, as it turned out, the guy he put in there, you know, had a phenomenal day in Johan Camargo. But I, I did notice that. And I made mention of the fact that Real Muto was in there, which is really unusual, especially this early in the season to have a have your starting catcher catch a day game after a night game after working, as you said, four in a row prior. And he was hitting leadoff on Monday night, too. So really, yeah. really asking a lot of them. All right. I'd be remiss before uh, I didn't ask you about. Uh, as we get get out of here and, and wrap this episode up, Kyle Freeland extension, Colorado kid is staying in Colorado for another five, possibly even six years. Wonderful to see that. Bill Schmidt, man, he he's, his work is not done, man. He he is he's continuing to make this team good today, tomorrow, and and for the next uh, half decade plus. 
it's been easy for anyone you know who is either a fan or an observer of baseball to be critical of how the Rockies have done certain things over the last few years and and some of the you know some of the moves they made I've said this before they probably would want a mulligan on and and you're not you're never going to bat a thousand in your decision making we understand that but when people say oh the Rockies don't spend money and you know you know Dick Montford um, you know doesn't do this, that, or the other thing to try to make the roster better. It's just, you know, you can find fault. I understand that you can find fault in a lot of things. Uh, you know, should, should they have traded Trevor story? Uh, perhaps should, you know, did they read the tea leaves on John Gray um, improperly? Perhaps uh, should the situation of Nolan Arenado reached what it reached? No, no way, but there's blame on both sides on that. Uh, however, when you look at what they've done, under Billy Schmidt, I mean, the season for the Rockies was like 48 hours over and they had signed an extension to Sensatella. They were preemptive in signing Herman a couple of years ago. Now they've gotten Freeland done. They got McMahon done. They jumped all over keeping CJ Crone in the uh, fold for a couple of years. Elias Diaz for three years. They have spent a, a ton of money and they've also showed a willingness to go out Huge contract given to uh, Chris Bryant, obviously. They tried unsuccessfully to extend Trevor Story, and I don't, I don't think that gets out there enough in the media. They didn't just let Trevor Story walk out the door. They made multiple offers to him to, to stay. He, did, he ultimately decided he wanted to move on, which is his right, which is his right. But it also doesn't mean that there aren't other guys who want to be here. Chris Bryant wanted to be here. Kyle Freeland, who grew up here, wants to be here. Ryan McMahon wants to be here. And that says a lot about the new culture within that clubhouse and the respect. Honestly, I'm telling you, Billy Schmidt has a lot of respect. You know this, Patrick. You're there every day. He has a lot of respect uh, in that clubhouse and how this front office, this new front office is being operated. And I'm not just sitting here. I know people will say, oh, you, yeah, of course you're saying that Goodman, you, you do the games and, and you're a, you know, a, a shill for the organization. I'm, I'm giving you my honest appraisal. That's why I told you that I think the Nolan deal got screwed up on both sides, that they had, that the organization clearly has made uh, mistakes and would wanted some do-overs. But I'm telling you right now, the culture that they have is completely different than what some people believe in New York and 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 other parts of the country that they just look at, at how the Rockies are operated. So good for them for keeping their core together and especially this rotation together. And I think it's, you know, it's not such an exorbitant deal that you're like, oh my gosh, they just gave, you know, they're now hooked to a to a guy for a long period of time. What if it it doesn't work out, you know, a couple of years down the road? Good for Kyle Freeland, most notably, but I think really good for the organization. And this is another indication of, of that I think they're headed in the right direction. And good for the state of Colorado for for having a, a guy like that who who gives back and, and loves his community, loves his home state. So uh, that that's obviously a win there. And, and as you said, yeah, the, the culture is, is really great. Well, we'll see what happens. You know, great culture doesn't always add up to a championship, but it, it certainly does uh, shore up that that element of, of knowing who's going to be back each and every year, having that stability. And, you know, you heard Freeland say it in the press conference. He's like, I want to go to battle with these guys. And they all want to do it. And they now now they're, they're going to like they you've got a core here now for five years plus with, with all those guys. And it's like, who's left? Who, who's left to, to bring back from this group to keep it? you know, solid. It's Herman Marquez, really. But he still has, you know, two more years after this one. So you've got a you've got a good foundation in, in, in a major way here, especially with all these young guys on the come up too from the minor. So uh, it's exciting. It's exciting to see what Bill Schmidt has has been doing. And he's, he's been pushing all the right buttons. And, and, I, and, I, and I will say this, Patrick, that I, I've talked to enough people and I believe this, that this doesn't mean that the Rockies are closing their doors to making a move outside of the organization, um, you know, in the not too distant future. If 
if there's a move to be made, whether it be a trade or, you know, continuing, you know, even into next season when you talk about free agents in not just saying, oh, we have a, a world championship core. Billy Schmidt doesn't say that. He goes, we, we have areas we definitely need to improve and add pieces. Uh, so it's not shutting down the outside world at all. Yeah, yeah, they they can make it to June, July, and, and still be competitive in that wild card race. Uh, I I have full confidence that Bill Schmidt's going to be aggressive on the trade front, and uh, he's he's been nothing but aggressive so far. So uh, it's exciting, Drew. You've got a three thousand pit to potentially go see right now. We'll see. Yeah. And if yeah, not, you get to call it, and then you got three more days. You have three more opportunities, so you can't lose right now. Uh, you know, selfishly, I. And for Rockies fans, it, it, it'd kind of be cool, you know, in a, in a nice Rockies victory to see um, on our air uh, Cabrera get his 3,000. He'll be one of seven, as you know, Patrick, to produce 3,000 hits and 500 homers. How about that group? That's that's pretty impressive. I think I think Miggy needs a day off, you know. He was on the bases a lot yesterday. It's, I thought he would get one today. He's not. No, he's, he's in the lineup batting cleanup against uh, Jordan Montgomery. I don't know. It's going to be a good day for Jordan Montgomery to, to twirl a gem. We'll see. We'll see. Either way, you'll get to see Miguel Cabrera, Andrew Goodman, Ryan Spielberg, the whole cast and crew uh, this entire week on AT&T Sportsnet. Make sure you're subscribed uh, to the Drew Goodman podcast. Give him, a, give him a recommendation. That's another one of those things that can help uh, bump and, and boost the ratings on Apple Podcasts. Follow him on Twitter at DrewGoodman42. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons. You got something else for me? I, yes, and I said this on my podcast, but I want to I want to congratulate you because uh, you you're not going to do it yourself, but you got you um, through your hard work and and uh, and all the great entertainment information that you bring. You you have been uh, awarded a top 100 distinction uh, of baseball podcasts nationally, which is awesome. Congratulations, and uh, I. I, I no, you're probably not going to toot your own horn, but I wanted to make sure I made mention of it on my podcast. And I want to make mention of it on your podcast since you're the one doing it. So good for you, man. The Drew Goodman boost is is a legit thing. So <laughs> if, you, if you got a podcast out there, Rockies or otherwise, have Drew Goodman on. You'll get, you're going to get a big bump from it. So I don't know about that, but, but congrats, bud. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. At DNVR underscore Rockies on Twitter. And my co-host, my partner in crime, Susie Hunter, at the Susie Hunter. Give us all a follow. We'll have a good time doing the Rockies baseball, having a good time with all that. But you know what they say about momentum? It is only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So we'll talk to you then.